This is Puck Here, New Zealand's hockey podcast, with your hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury. We're back in the sweat box for the first time in a long time, Joe. Normally we're in much more comfortable surroundings, but due to the fact that um, we record this usually at my house, mm-hmm. um, it's summer now and there's a lot of kids in the pool making a lot of noise and I kind of don't want that to come across our serious discussions, you know? We picked a good week to get back in the sweat box in the middle of an Auckland heat wave. Oh, uh, well. Mm. <laughs> It's good. It's like uh, endurance, endurance training or um, climate training. We're just going to sweat off all this uh, excess body fat that we've got and come back like primed athletes for next year. And and by the end of it, um, we we might even be taking our shirts off. So just be lucky we don't stream this podcast live on video. Nobody would want to see that. No, not at all. Not until after we're all fit, which is kind of what I'm trying to do for the summer. I started this morning and my legs are killing me now. How did it go? What did you do? What's your routine? Uh, we're starting off a bit light. I did half an hour um, cycling. Uh, but it was like one of those programs where you go up and up and level and then you go down and back up and back down. Because you've got a gym here. You've got a gym in your... Yeah. Um, complex. Would, complex. I was going to call it commune, but it's not, it's not really a commune. Uh, Although those kids no. in that pool might think it's a commune. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, enough about us because, um, well, our last podcast didn't do very well. So, quite clearly, you guys don't care about what we do. And um, we're, we're okay with that because... Um, a lot has actually happened in the New Zealand ice hockey world in the past seven days. Enough that would probably fill this podcast alone without even talking about the NHL and Eugene Melnick's craziness. The old crazy uncle Eugene Melnick. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> so we're gonna. I think you've probably all heard enough from from him over the last few days. So we're not even going to go there. Um, first thing we're going to touch on though is uh, last week. Some pretty interesting news came out and um, two of the Freer brothers from this guy's city stampede uh, were suspended for two years uh, for buying steroids online. Yeah, it was. uh, I mean, you sent me the link on I think it was Monday morning and it was a story that broke on the in the weekend Herald. Amazing that we wouldn't even think about it, that the Herald breaking any hockey stories, but they did. So, good on you. <laughs> good on you, Sir Murray Kirkness. Um, but yeah, on Monday, you sent that link through and I was like, holy shit, this is actually quite a big story. And it started blowing up more. It was, I had a reporter come down from the Herald, come and talk to me going, oh, do you know these guys? Obviously, because they somehow knew that I'd played hockey and would know every single hockey player in New Zealand <laughs> as as it happens, but I didn't. And um, they were chasing stories. And I know uh, you chased up um, the president of the New Zealand Hockey Federation for a statement. Yeah, good old Gunther Birchall, really good guy. Um, it seems like, so New Zealand House Hockey uh, seem to be married to this idea that all their announcements have to come out at 8 p.m. because that's when their audience... <laughs> Is on Facebook. And I get that for like announcements and stuff. But when news hits, you have to get it out there. And yeah, he mentioned, oh, yeah, we do have a statement, but we won't be putting it out later today um, or tonight. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how things work with our website. I was like, okay, 
I mean, fine, but you know, could you give it to me and like, I'll get something out there. Uh, so we did that. Uh, and shortly after we put our article up, um, kind of updating, uh, everything that people have already read in the Herald and stuff, but included the NZHF statement mm-hmm. in which they, you know, fully supported the decision, reached out as well to the Stampede and their manager, their manager, uh, Ross Burns said, yep, uh, we're not making any comment, but we support the decision. And I think they're probably doing the right thing there. Um, and then of course, everyone else like jumped on board. <laughs> yeah. Then, then the NZHF put out their statement shortly after uh and it's yeah it, what the hell is clenbuterol so as far as i'm aware it's um it's just it's another anabolic anabolic steroid uh which you could buy online um through this website and this new zealand website the owner has since was jailed for two years earlier in the year and um, from there, I guess uh, they were also investigating his client list. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, yeah, the Weekend Herald, they they broke the news that there was uh, like 100 athletes that um, drug-free sport New Zealand and the Sports Tribunal of New Zealand were looking at. And unfortunately, um, Mitchell and Lachlan Freer were the first people. So, well, does this extend further into hockey or heavens forbid into bigger sporting bodies in new zealand well the thing that they mentioned uh it was like a reuters article it's quite funny because uh the, the way it was worded was a little bit brutal it basically said uh they don't believe the athletes within the upper echelon of, um, of new zealand sport oh, were involved the upper echelon mm. and so we're like okay um bit of a dig at the ice blacks in a way i guess because for them that is the top echelon of the sport in new zealand mm-hmm. of course it is the national team the brothers were ice blacks they were representatives of new zealand the older brother yeah. had played for the ice blacks mm-hmm. he hadn't played this year had played previously um and the brother had played previously for the under 20s team um, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting the brothers mixed up, so I, I'm just like not saying <laughs> the names so I don't piss people off. We'll just, we'll just refer to them as the brothers, like some kind of um, mob family. <laughs> the brothers. <laughs> yeah, and the unfortunate thing is the Freer family are quite a, you know, you know, there's another brother, uh, Cam. All three of them played for the Stampede in this last season. Uh, and they are a big part of the Queenstown ice hockey community. That community is, you know, it's small and very vibrant. And, you know, I guess they kind of like support each other and look out for each other. Um, so the news of this, um, yeah, it probably hit them pretty hard. Uh, and just the fact that you now can't play. So as, as we know, the suspension was backdated uh, from uh, January this January 1st this year until the end of next year. So theoretically, it's a one year ban, but uh, with retroactiveness, it's two years. Um, but yeah, the fact that they now can't play hockey for a year, that sucks. That's a massive, massive shitter. For such a basic naive mistake now i've had i've talked to people about this drug and apparently it's it can be used as just a a weight loss drug because it just puts your body into overdrive and starts you burning fat basically yeah um which i guess a lot of steroids are like that but so it wasn't really a um like a building muscle kind of purpose it was more basically to 
slim down, get faster. Like hockey players are becoming these days. Yeah. And which is, that is how uh, I believe how the product was being marketed. And, um, you know, Mitch Mitchell and uh, Lachlan believed that that's all it was. Mm. And so they ordered it, uh, you know, trying to like shed, shed a few pounds for the season, get a bit more ripped. I'm sure they're already pretty ripped, but, you know, get a bit more ripped. And um, the, the funny thing is, is that the orders never arrived. So, they obviously never actually took the drug. Right. Uh, so, they're only been found guilty of purchasing said drug. And I read somewhere that they believed that they were just being conned and got ripped off. So, I guess that probably explains why uh, one of them actually tried to order it twice to, to, <laughs> to see if um, they actually were going to get anything. Of course, they never did. And obviously, the whole point of the suspension uh, being backdated was because the Sports Tribunal of New Zealand was uh, critical of uh, DFS New Zealand for taking so long uh, in their investigation. I believe the investigation, well, obviously the investigation into the company was happening in like 2014, I think, 2015. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it came to the attention of DFS New Zealand in 2015. Yeah. And the proceedings against the brothers didn't start until, was it September this year? Yeah, September this year. Yeah. Uh, and so by taking so long, obviously they could have maybe got them sooner um, without such a long process. And it probably could have stopped them from even playing in the NZHL season this year. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of uh, elephant in the room really of the story is the suspension is backdated. Uh from the start of 2017 and the both brothers represented the stampede who won, won championship this year so there there is a little bit of a little bit of a um, murky waters there yeah and, and speaking of that um so i was wondering okay what does that mean what does that mean for um what happened with the, obviously the stampede winning, uh, the admirals losing out in the finals to them and them going, you know, with a three beat. Does that mean they have to vacate the title? And I saw a lot of people uh, like on our Facebook um, saying, why the fuck is this not happening? Mm. And um, so I was here, tried to do a bit, a bit of research and ask around, um, dug into the old NZHL rule book. And the interesting thing is, obviously, the NZHR largely follow uh, the WHF rules. And the big interesting one in all of this is... Now, now bear with me here while I... We're going to get super rule heavy. We're going to get lawyer on it. <laughs> Was that on, on uh, How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the NZHR uh, will follow uh, the, double, the WHF's example um, as far as following the 2015 water Code. Um, and basically the big one in all of this is that under rule 10, 11.1, all competitive results achieved during the period of ineligibility, including retroactive ineligibility shall be disqualified. And what is, what do you think that means? To me, that seems like the stampede from just from that ruling that the stampede their championship should be ineligible this season 
Mm. Just reading that, I'm not coming across as a fan <laughs> of any kind. Just reading the law there. As far as I'm aware, you're a Red Devils fan, so... The law. I did study first year law at Canterbury University as well, so I'm qualified enough to read this. Shit, what happened to you? Uh, I didn't get through, so um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a failed lawyer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where does it go from here? I guess it's up to the the competition committee of the teams to or the, the governing body for the teams to come together and vote or make a decision or yeah as far as i'm aware basically a protest has to be held uh by one of the nz NHL teams uh to the board or or to um you know paul scott about this situation and i guess if none of them raise their voices about it um they which, won't they won't look into it and nothing will happen which raises the question if no one asks or protests does this go deeper than what it's just two brothers and uh, for the Southern Stampede? Is this kind of situation spread wider across the league? Wider across the league and there are more players that the NZHL know about and just kind of want to sweep it under the rug and let it go and Ooh. not want it to get public. That's just You're trying to get down theory. a very deep wormhole here. So who knows? But... um. What a what a start of the week last week it was for New Zealand hockey. Yeah, and um, you can count on a drug scandal to give your website some pretty good hits. <laughs> um, do actually appreciate the amount of people that have been coming to uh, Pakia.nz recently, I guess, for all their um, New Zealand hockey news, because there actually has been a bit, which has mm. been cool. I mean, we'll get to more of that uh, later on this podcast, but um, yeah. Do you think, do you think there would be a protest or do you think, um, you know, let's say these are the only two and I still think it's, it sucks that the first two had to be a couple of, um, young ice hockey players. Mm. And because that was like, and that was the attention for the Herald stuff, News Hub, all of them that day. Yeah. Niche sport, bunch of bad kids piling on yeah yeah and if it was rugby players that all would have been swept under the rug and no one would have cared and yeah i felt i felt really bad for the guys um because it was a naive mistake and i mean at that age we've all done done dumb shit that we're not proud of i did some dumb shit today <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm sure you did um see some people still don't grow up you know um, Joe's approaching middle age and, uh, he still makes dumb mistakes. Daily. 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 So, Hourly. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does, it does suck that, um, I guess in a way these guys were made an example of, and I guess that's why, you know, they were given the two year ban, um, because the, you know, when it's the first ruling and a big investigation like this, so you got to see it like a precedent, right? You got to come hard with the Shanna ban. Just go- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I'm going to miss the guys playing because I really enjoy watching them play. And I'm sure, you know, um, as Gunther Burgel said in his statement, you know, they'll, they're going to learn a very harsh lesson here and I'm sure they will. Um, but by the sounds of it, you know, they were very cooperative, uh, throughout the investigation, um, and everything. And obviously now they've, um, they want to help out the NZHF. Uh, with their education as they step up education um, of, you know, drug education across all levels of the sport in the country, which is awesome that they're doing that. Um, Because by the sounds of it, something like that is needed um, when 
you know, because you look at the likes of this kind of thing has happened to like Maria Sharapova, Nicholas Backstrom, Backstrom yeah. um, at Sochi. But they have way more resources than any of our guys ever will. Um, so, the f- I, you know, I commend the NZIHF for one to step up their educational efforts. And so hopefully something like this, you know, never happens again. Yeah. I'm, it's just two kids Googling on the internet looking for weight loss just not googling hard enough yeah (laughs) and um maybe not knowing what the official band subject uh sub subjects list is for ihf and uh, double ihf and nzihl and that the other thing because i mentioned nicholas backstrom um and so he came clean uh in sochi that he had taken the substance and uh came through on his drug test um and I don't think he was completely at fault there. Uh, so I, mean, I, th- I can't remember the situation entirely, but he was very open and upfront with um, with the organizations involved. I think it was he had the flu and took some night and day cold. And that included? Medicine, which had Sudafed in it. Which, uh, yeah, that's right. Which is a, obviously he was taking that so he could get high and skate faster than anyone else. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> what Swede wouldn't do that? Exactly. And um, and so then later on, you know, they, they lost the gold medal match and um, they got the silver medal. And then the IOC later reviewed the situation and did award a silver medal to Backstrom. Um, obviously, he didn't play in that game. Now, so I kind of wonder. Um, so I guess they kind of took some compassion there in that situation. So, do you think the NZIHL would? I, I, I'm I'm going to assume here that they would take a very similar line here with the Freer brothers. You've made your mistake. You've learned from it. Um, it kind of. I mean, it's not like you can give the admirals the title like you could, but they would just feel like they didn't earn it. No, and perhaps what will happen is the Freer brothers will just be stripped of their affiliation with the team. So as them not being well part, for that year, part of that championship team, I guess. And the admirals will still only take second, and Stampede will still get the first. But because yeah, I mean, two players don't make the team. As exactly. Well. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Uh. Like I said, feel for the guys. I um, don't want to pile on too much about it. Um, and, you know, we're, yeah, like I said, just gutted that this was the first of the investigations. I'm sure once, and it's all kind of died down now already. Because um, it's all rugby players now. So they're just sweeping it under the carpet. Has more come out? No, no I haven't seen anything more uh, since then. Yeah. So, and that whole thing of, you know, not top echelon of uh, New Zealand sports. So the way I read that was basically uh, not an all black or not an Olympian. Mm. but could be it could be a super rugby player could be a provincial rugby player could be a rower uh, well unless they're an olympic team true um i would consider most of our rowers sort of in that top echelon <laughs> pretty <laughs> damn good at sitting on a boat and tennis going player backwards. tennis player softball player black sock kind of yeah um yeah maybe i mean uh, it's it's just such a stupid term because I would consider like the Black Sox uh, the top echelon of their sport in New Zealand. But, you know, whatever. I guess we'll see who else is involved. Uh, I just hope that there is no more hockey players involved and this was a one-off incident. But we'll see. Let's get to some good news in the hockey world. Yeah, we did have good news, actually. Um, The Botany Swarm, obviously, a few months ago, uh, put out saying that they were looking... Uh, they were looking to fill some positions in their front office. 
head coach, assistant coach, general manager, and uh, chief scout. Obviously trying to bring in some top, top uh, North American talent. And while we weren't available uh, to fill (laughs) fill these positions, um, they actually went and got some... um, Some okay people to fill them, uh, I guess you could say. So, coming up next, we'll be talking to new head coach of the Botany Swarm, Ian Wanamaker. Hey guys, I'm Nick Henderson um, from the West Auckland Admirals and you're listening to the Puck Gear Podcast. Hey, that was a really nice breakthrough there, Joe. Thank you. It's almost uh, like I work in radio. Almost. 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 Anyway, uh, as as he said, we have a very special guest for the show, brand new head coach for the Botany Swarm, Ian Wanamaker. Um, thanks for taking the time to join us on Puck Year, buddy. Uh, no problem. It's, a, it's always a pleasure, guys. Uh, it's good to have you back on the on the podcast, friend of the podcast, actually returning guest. I think you are one of the only people to come back twice. Congratulations, Wani, on becoming the new head coach of the Botany Swarm. Uh was it all that coaching that you did behind the Lacastor's bench this year that really kind of propelled you into getting into coaching full-time? Oh, that's got to be the catalyst, surely. <laughs> the BHL's right up there, Joe, as you know. You're a, you're a stalwart for that Castor's team, and um, I think if it wasn't for, uh, for that team and that lineup, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. Oh, don't sell him up too much, jeez. <laughs> no, in, in, in all serious, no, uh, in seriousness, uh, in seriousness though, um, what are you, what are you hoping to bring to the squad with your, with your coaching style that kind of is going to help the Botany Swarm return back to form in the NZHL? Um, well, I'd like to bring a winning record, and that's that's the main thing. I'm I'm big on the winning, and I hate losing. I'd like to see um, I'd like to see the culture change just slightly. That guys have a positive frame of mind when they come into the rink and make the game fun again, and think of why they play and what what they want to get out of it. And if I can help them achieve some of those things, then um, I'd be quite happy. Now, also, the team recently announced um, a new general manager plus a chief scout uh, in North America. Uh, and an assistant coach. Can you tell us a bit about them? Sure, yeah. Um, the new Swarm general manager and CEO, I guess he's kind of got the, the two titles, is uh, a Canadian fellow by the name of Sean Cormier. And he's um, he's come in almost a bit of a breath of fresh air, fresh air, and he's really got a lot of great ideas, and he's steering the club in a positive new direction, I think. And um, he's... He's certainly um, somebody who's putting in a lot of things that are making a lot of hockey, good hockey decisions. And it's, uh, well, we're hoping to see some some of the results once uh, once next year gets kicking off. And I don't know, I, I just appreciate he's got a really good hockey mind and he's, he's suited for the management role. He's got that type of uh, capability and capacity with um, directing a team and people, not just players, but everyone involved, the management, the the media, whether it's the rink and the owners, and then he's he's looking at uh, the fans and their perspective and trying to get more people in the ranks, and he's doing the right things there. So that's a bit of background for him. He is a Canadian guy. I think he might even call himself French Canadian, hailing from a place in Ontario called Sudbury, the Big Nickel. <laughs> 
So we won't hold that against them. Yeah, so you've got your, your assistant coach. Um, he has come from the Kelowna Rockets, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So he's currently the assistant coach of the uh, Western Hockey League's Kelowna Rockets, um, which is just a couple of steps down from the from the pro. So he's uh, he's he's very well experienced, and he's currently got some. He's got a huge hockey resume. Um, so I'm really excited to to see a guy like that caliber um, joining the coaching staff for uh, the Botany Swarm for next year. And now also your uh, chief scout, uh, Mickey Rhodes, he used to play for the Swarm. Yeah, he was he was a top player um, back in the day and he really enjoyed his time here and kept in touch with a lot of the players and the coaching staff. And um, he, he's, I think he's based in the west coast of uh, America and California and he's um, wanting to help the team. So he's bringing his hockey scouting capabilities into the mix and Hopefully he'll be able to provide the team with uh, a few options for uh, potential import players. So it fe- it kind of feels like a full kind of organizational team clear out, like re- full reset. Um, would you say it's a it's a complete rebuild for the swarm, or is it just a bit of a little retool and then kind of trying to? get back to the top in 2018 or is it a a slow kind of build to be there, build a culture within the team to bring players up and keep them with the organization for a few years? Well, I think it's, it's certainly heading in a direction that's positive and it it might appear like it's a a clean sweep, but uh, by no means do I think it's change just for change's sake, but it's also change that's going to lead into a, a direction that I'm quite excited about actually. And, with with Sean and his new position, uh, kind of at the helm of, of driving the team, he's really been a good spark with um, initiating some of these positive, again, hockey decisions. And I mean, I'd love to draw some parallels to other teams in that, but it is New Zealand hockey. And um, as Logan knows, I'm a huge fan of the Maple Leafs. And I was waiting for uh, that. Yeah, just waiting for a Leafs. You knew that was going to ca- come up at some point. You know, it's, it's only going to be natural progression here with, with being a Leafs fan. But yeah, like the brass they put in place with, with Shanahan and Lamorello and all the all the pieces in the place there are just like they're building such a good hockey culture. Uh I mean, yeah, I think it'd be it would be awesome to see the uh Botany Swarm uh, you know, c- come back. And you had said previously uh on the podcast uh, you mentioned how important it is to develop the younger players and help provide a brighter future for the game uh, in New Zealand. So, what are the junior players? Where's with- that? Can you get her, please? <laughs> love it. He's a coach and a dad. You got to love him for it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, mate. No, no worries. Uh, so, what are the junior players within the Swarm uh, organization like? Uh, and could you see them making an impact uh, on the roster in the next year or so? Oh, it's a good question. Um, at the moment, I think my focus is on, I've been saying it for a while, it's just on performance. And regardless of what age the player is, like we've got people that are upwards, you know, just uh, just pushing over 40 years of age, they're, they're still playing, and guys as young as 16, 17, 18 years old. So regardless of the background, I'm always a big believer of somebody who's playing and playing well gets time 
And that's really what I'm looking for first and foremost is a team that's always going to be not just hardworking because, you know, you could, you could shovel gravel for a living and work hard for an eight hour shift, but it's being smart about working hard. So um, in terms of junior development and talents, it's kind of been non-existent for the last two, three years. So I'd really like to see that come back again. I think with this, um, this kind of personnel change, it's going to be a bit more attractive potentially, and people are going to want to start playing here again. Now, obviously, by having uh, your chief scout uh, in North America trying to bring players in, I see that's part of the strategy there, trying to attract more high-caliber players to help the roster. Oh, exactly. And anything that you can add into your team to help what the team's goals are, and if they can fit in and and help accomplish those goals, then, of course, you're going to welcome that opportunity. But on the same side of it, you got to look at what the league is going through and, like, some of the teams, if they rely heavily on the imports for helping their team, if they, they're pushing that win column or they're looking at that other development area like we spoke on in the last time we, we had a chat. So I'm keen on a mixture of both, but I'm also aware that it takes time to build a winning culture as well. You can't just expect instant success, although some coaches do. Um, I believe in the process and I, I do believe in in – the players and their capabilities, but they need a little bit of guidance. Yeah, so you're you're a former Swarm player, uh, and in your time there, you won three NZIHL championships, uh, and that obviously that team that you spoke about before having a really strong culture that push players to perform to the best they can and win. Uh, how far off do you think that the current Swarm system is to get back to that, and is it? Will there be some, I guess, tough tough cuts and tough decisions coming up next year? Yeah, the, there will be some tough decisions that need to get made. Um, but that that's exciting to me. I mean, if you have those options, when you have more availability of people that want to play compared to um, when you have less numbers and people that think, all right, I, I've got this spot secured. I don't have to work. I don't have to try. I've got this already Whereas, I, I, you know, you want to see somebody who's always willing to get better. And that, that's what I really respect out of any person, regardless of, you know, if they're playing hockey or not. Um, yeah, and, and you definitely had that with the Swarm in those years. So there was four winning championship years, and it wasn't by fluke. Like, the guys were all 100% committed to the same task. And they had a good mixture of, of youth and experience and skill and talent but it's it's you got to get that talent and skill to work together otherwise you're never going to win it's a team sport now um speaking of that uh so obviously different hockey coaches uh use different systems and playing styles you know to get that win um is this your first foray into coaching and also what would you call wani hockey (laughs) oh it's a good tagline that wani hockey yeah, oh, that's, yeah, bit of a spinoff on the Johnny <laughs> Hockey. I do like it. Um, I've had a bit of a, I don't know, a mixed bag. I guess I was a bit of a suitcase hockey player, so I'd, I'd traveled to different teams here and there. But I've also done the same with some of my coaching experience. Like here in New Zealand, I've done things as up to the 
New Zealand under 16 uh, level. I've, I've been involved in coaching the um, Auckland senior on Czech rep team. We took them to a couple of gold medals, and I coached the university team as well for Auckland. We had uh, the varsity blues and the varsity reds, and did some high school hockey coaching when I first moved over here from from Canada. That that's basically my New Zealand coaching experience. But I get in in Canada. I did a bit with the uh, the Mississauga Chiefs. They're uh, a women's hockey team over there. So yeah, I definitely have a mixed hockey coaching kind of background. But uh, I think that only helps you when you've coached people as old as like 55 years of age down to, you know, tyke. That um, can only help you when you're trying to focus your your experience. And, and I guess even with my teaching background as well, that might come into play. But I don't know. Um, I like to think I have some idea of the game of hockey uh so i got some knowledge there played it for a little while um i like to be pretty clear in in my my communication with people and that would be some of the hockey hockey i'd I'd like to bring what what style of play do you hope the do you hope to kind of push the swarm to be playing far i guess everyone kind of wants wants to play fast now but what's the ideal uh style of play for the swarm next year um, well, I think with the league, you, speed is always good. You want uh, you want players that are going to be able to skate fast and, and not just skate fast, but make good decisions while they are skating. So skating is a basic fundamental that everybody needs to have, but it's using that and playing smartly into your to your own capabilities, and if not higher, that's kind of what I expect out of each player that they they're going to know what role they have on the team, where they fit in. And what's expected of them, and once players know that, they'll they'll understand. Okay, well, this is what I need to do. I don't need to focus on anything else. Let me try to do the best that I can there. And if I do better, then here's my reward. This is what I'm getting. So, well, by the sounds of it, I think um, Swarm players uh, and fans. Hopefully, then for a treat uh, over the next few years. Because I mean, personally, I'm quite excited to see how well you do. Um, I want to see the swarm, you know, be competitive again. Uh, it makes those admiral swarm swarm games a lot more exciting when uh, both teams are competitive. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we see that. Uh, if not um, in the new year, maybe in the in the following season. Um, but with all this, does this mean your aspirations as a promising play-by-play hockey commentator uh, are dead? <laughs> I hope not. I think uh, that that's always fun, and I really enjoyed doing it. To be fair, and uh, I hope uh, those opportunities keep coming up because it's it's just a game of hockey, and I I love it. I love all aspects of it. It's not just um, you know the new avenue of shifting from a player to a coach. It's whether you're watching the game and watching like the top level hockey, or even the little kids. And I think uh, if we can get more more Kiwis into hockey in this country. Um, on a more regular basis, then, you know, it's going to be good for the sport in general. I agree. And I think with that, uh, we'll, we'll let you go and let you uh, get back to hanging out with uh, your daughter. Um, so thank you so much, Ian, for uh, taking the time to have a chat with us and uh, all the best for our next season. Cheers, Wani. Oh, thank- yeah, thanks very much, guys. I uh, look forward to the next episode. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. 
Yeah, always good to have um, Ian on. Such a good dick guy. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> we almost need to have a counter of how many times you say that. I know. Um, so, we are, we are actually running out of time here. Um, he was talking about getting more people into the sport. Now, something's come out uh, yesterday that will likely get, hopefully, more people into the sport. It got people fizzing on... Uh the internet and, and the newspapers today with a classic line, a classic headline from the Dominion Post. What was that? Icing on the cake tin. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you didn't know, the ice hockey classic with uh, we have uh, a USA versus Canada. It's not Team USA versus Team Canada. No. It's kind of like maybe like a ragtag bunch of um, current NHL players, vets, uh, some, you know, upcoming talent from the AHL. Uh, some pretty, you know, interesting names came last year alone just from Australia. Yeah, and the time they came to New Zealand before that, um, they had uh, John Graham, an ex-goalie, uh, Aaron Miller, I think it was, and Kyle Quincy, who's a current NHL player, came. Didn't play. He he just coached. Yeah. I guess they couldn't I get I heard there. he took slap shots to the groin, uh, or took slap shots to the groin of like a Rock FM uh, DJ. Might have been Rock or something, or some kind of other Rock alternative station person. Maybe the one that you work on. <laughs> Possibly. It sounds, like something you get, it sounds like something we should do. Yeah, yeah. We should definitely get some... Um, get you in the goal and taking shots from from mike commodore who's the coach of Can- of canada in this team oh, i love that that'd be so funny um yeah so obviously we don't know yet who the players are going to be it's an interesting time uh sort of like june 22nd 23rd and 28th yep uh so that's auckland wellington and queenstown, queenstown. The wellington one is going to be outdoors at the cake tin which uh, has obviously got a lot of people buzzing it'll be really interesting to see how they how they even achieve that um would be a very um marvelous feat to pull that off yeah the only thing i'm really worried about that is the the weather the weather could wellington Wellington. in the winter is (laughs) very risky um i mean we were talking about it today why would you not just put it in foresight bar stadium in dunedin seems kind of like the perfect beautiful like the seat setup is really good how Roofed, yeah maybe hey. um you know if the organizers are listening to this uh, and maybe they are uh maybe hold on to that idea for the next time because that would be really awesome because dunedin has a very good um ice hockey community as well mm-hmm. that would probably support it um yeah really like the sound of that but really keen to see how the outdoor rink goes mm. obviously a lot of comparisons have been made uh to the winter classic um Sort of conflicting things here. There's an artist rendition floating around that makes the cake tin look kind of like the Winter Classic. But then on the Ticketek website, when you go to buy your seats, it looks like a half arena format, which from some people I've heard is probably the best way to do it. Because when you think of how large um, Westpac Stadium is, Mm. everyone is going to be very far back from the rink. Sight lines won't be the best if it, they're just putting it straight on the field with everyone sitting back. Yeah, but the thing is, is that that's quite often the case for a lot of the winter classics as well. Oh, yeah. It's just part of it. I think it's more about the spectacle itself um, than the hockey. Uh, but one really cool thing is that the NZHL and the Iceplex are getting involved. Are they? Yeah. You're breaking this news to me right now. 
<laughs> well, we put it up on the website last night. Um, so, obviously, you don't read the website. So, that, no. that, that, um, what's the address again? You should know. <laughs> Parkier.nz. Um, yeah. So, the West Auckland Animals and the Botany Swarm are going to play uh, Curtain Razor for the Auckland game at Spark Arena, which is, you know, typically home to the uh, New Zealand Breakers. So, uh, man, that's that's awesome. Like, that's really exciting. I reached out to Justin Daigle and I talked to Ian Wanamaker earlier on as well uh, when I was confirming that he'd do this interview uh, that you just heard. And both were fizzy and both were really excited. Um, sorry, Daigle, for bugging you while you're on your vacation uh, with family in Alberta. but you can, you can never get away from us. So, I appreciate that you even got back to me so quickly. Um, yeah, so... Animals in the Swarm, putting on the Crosstown Rivalry uh, to a wider audience. So, that's going to be awesome. And then in Wellington, at the Caketon, you've got the Ice Blacks versus a NZHL All-Stars team, which will be basically made up of the imports of the five NZHL teams. And um, Ooh, I, like, I like that format. And they might top it up with a few New Zealand players if they need to. I like that's a I, that's a very cool idea. Mm, like the best New Zealand versus the best of the imports. Mm. Yeah, uh, and of course, a lot of the uh, admirals and swarm players are actually in that wider training squad currently for the Ice Blacks. Um, now, I believe they're actually naming the team in February for next year's uh, World Championships, so we'll know who, who's in the team then. Um, but yeah, so because of that, I, I raised the question to uh, Anatolia Kozov, who's the head coach of the Ice Blacks. And I was like, well, what does that mean for the Swarm and the Admirals? Uh, and because it's happening during the NHL season. And so basically what's happening is they're going to split that round in the season uh, over two weekends so that the players from the Admirals and the Swarm can go down to Wellington and be part of that whole um, spectacle. So they've, they've, they've thought about this. <laughs> It's quite good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've thought about it quite well. I'm I'm quite, yeah, I'm excited that they're using this opportunity to um, hopefully really attract uh, a new audience to the game, both for the Ice Blacks uh, and the NZHL, because most, pe- most people probably don't even know we have a national team. No, and, and like Wani said in his interview, the more people we can get to watching hockey and knowing that hockey is going on in New Zealand, um, the better for the sport. Exactly. Um, so really, really excited. Obviously more details to come, um, uh, with it only being announced yesterday. Uh, hopefully we will have some cool stuff lined up as well. Can't say anything yet, but we're seeing what we can do. Um, so yeah, we kind of got to wrap this up now. Um, but, uh, you know, thanks for listening. This was all New Zealand content today. Go read the piece on Pakia.nz about this winter classic 2018 Ice Hockey Classic. The Ice Hockey Classic. The Ice Hockey Classic. Not to be confused with the NHL's Winter Classic. Or the NHL 100 Classic. (laughs) Or the Stadium Series. Or the... um, Centennial Classic. Outside on the Road Classic. (laughs) But really excited that this is coming back to New Zealand. And, um, you know, the Australian one uh, last year looked amazing. So, hopefully... We get a very similar experience. Uh, it'd be a great time for fans. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Um, is this going to be our, our last one before the, uh, I guess, Christmas, New Year's break? Yeah, I guess so. It's, um, it's 
come on very fast. Also, if uh, anyone knows where, you know, somewhere I can live, um, hit me up. Oh, I'm currently homeless, so... Uh, About to be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pakia at gmail.com. Pakia podcast at gmail.com. Pakia podcast at gmail.com. You terrible today. I know. I'm so disappointed in you. Um, do you at least know what our social media handles are? At Pakia Podcast. There you go. See, I mean, I try to make things easy for you and you still fuck this it up. This web thing, I don't think I can get into it. Which is weird because that's kind of your job. <laughs> um, which also, shout out to Jesse Blake, producer of uh, Steve the Steve Dangle Podcast, who uh, announced he was going to be going to Tim and Sid, my favorite sports show, outside he, of the one that I work for, obviously. He's all grown up. He is, young Jesse Blake, uh, which is funny because uh, when they're... At, the advertisement for that job came up. I said, hey, you should go for this. Kind of jokingly, but also kind of serious because I think it was right up your alley. But um, no offense, I don't know if I you could compete with I Jesse can Blake. Compete. He's, he's um, much smarter and better looking than me. Yeah. Uh, and a lot taller than you by the looks of things. Very tall. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And um, hope you guys have a really awesome uh, Christmas and New Year's. And um, we'll be back with year two of Puck Here Podcast. And remember... Drugs are bad, okay? Puck Year. It's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcatcher. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Puck Here Podcast. Yeah.